Hello, I'm Russell Shaw, a Senior Market Specialist at FXM. Welcome to FXM Market Talk, your trading and finance podcast. Since 1999, FXM has provided global traders access to the world's largest and most liquid markets. Keep listening to get our quality market commentary and analysis. Hello everyone and thank you for joining. This is FXCM Market Talk, your trading and finance podcast. My name is Russell Shaw, I'm a Senior Market Specialist at FXCM and my colleague and fellow Senior Market Specialist Nick Tsaburis joins us. But before we bring Nick in, please take note that this is a general commentary only. Please don't take um, the discussion as, as advice. And in this regard, I would urge you to listen all the way to the end. We do have our regional disclaimers. Today is Tuesday and it is the 14th of June. With that all said, Nick, how are you? Hi, Russell. Uh, I would like to say overwhelmed by markets, but uh, <laughs> nothing impresses me uh, at this stage by what happened last week, but what we expect and what is happening this week in terms of news and in terms of market moves. Actually, nothing impresses me anymore. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a lot to talk about, Nick. I mean, yeah. um, the um, markets are um, certainly, let's just call it repricing for now, but I'd like to sort of um, do it in perhaps chronological order. Yeah. And I know that we have um, the US CPI on Friday. But before we talk about that, Nick, let's go back to the ECB uh, meeting. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts there? Yeah, uh, so, okay, let's say, first of all, what uh, what happened. Uh, mm -hmm. They announced the end of their asset purchase program in, in July 1 and uh, rate liftoff uh, within um, July, uh, yeah. which they, they pointed to a 25 uh, basis points. Right. Uh, they also talked of another hike in September, potentially larger. And uh, they also pointed to more uh, tightening ahead. So uh, for me overall, that was uh, essentially a hawkish um, statement, although they were stuff that we pretty much knew because Lagarde had already uh, done the prep work recently for this, uh, for this shift. Um, just, 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 what, on that, yeah. just on that point, uh, what did you think of her general communication, Nick? Yeah, in general, I think from uh, this blog spot by Lagarde where she, she had already outlined um, the moves ahead and they became, let's say, official with um, uh, with the policy decision last week, I think, that they're taking, a, um, you know, um, uh, their signals from the Fed in communicating. I mean, the Fed is the only bank that communicates clearly about everything. Uh, the, the the BOE, uh, the Bank of England, is a mess. Um, the the ECB I, is not very good at it. But now, for me, it's clear what they wanna they wanna do. Now, is this come back and haunt them? Potentially, right? What do you think? Yeah. So I must say, I was actually very impressed with the communication. I thought that it was for the first time. You know, it's usually kind of a snooze fest, but but I thought it was a really um, well-communicated uh, press conference. 
will it come back to bite them? I think they're late, Nick. I think that the fact that they're late in the cycle, that's potentially where the danger lies. And that, um, yep. I mean, and I think that's going to tie in nicely with this sort of our next segment when we start talking yep. about um, the USCP on Friday. But the point that um, um, I'd like to, to, to make is that we've seen 50 basis points from most central banks out there, you know, ECB, yet really to lift off. Yeah. Um, yes, they, they're still on the far end. And that actually is uh, because we saw two essentially competing things. We saw uh, the DAX plunging after uh, the decision. Yes. Which okay, makes sense since they will begin tightening. But yes. we also saw the EURUSD eventually plunging. Why? Because although there is a hooky shift, they're far behind everyone else. That's interesting. Just before we move on there, Nick, just I want to just personally, when I saw the euro US dollar moving, um, you know, I was watching it very, very uh, closely and um, I was listening to Bloomberg at the same time and the narrative um, just started saying, well, they're still behind. They're still too low. They're still behind. And slowly you started, well, not maybe slowly at first, but then quite quickly, uh, the euro um, started, uh, the market started fading the euro uh, pretty decisively. Yeah. Uh, and just for the, uh, just to put that there, they also um, upgraded their inflation projection. Now they see it at 6.8% uh, for the current year. Uh, the previous projections were 5.1, so huge difference. And they downgraded GDP, uh, which they now see at 2.8% for the year from 3.7% prior projection. So that's pretty much uh, the gist of it. Uh, also, Lagarde said it was a unanimous uh, decision. And interestingly enough, uh, she, told, she was asked about what is neutral rate, what neutral is. And she yeah. said that they de deliberately did not discuss that. <laughs> they did, I think they did make uh mention though that they're going for two percent in terms of uh their price stability target um, yeah. so i get i guess it, it very much um um is data dependent based on that and, and i think yeah again they stressed flexibility and all the, those words well this week um i know it's late in the week but of course uh, cpr comes out um on on friday that is that the final number yeah, that's that's the final for uh, uh, for um, uh, the, the last uh, month. So, but but we already had the preliminary figure, which was <laughs> of the charts was a record high. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't know if it's if we're gonna have like a massive um, a massive surprise on on that uh, on that front. But the preliminary reading uh, for May was eight point one. Uh, which was way higher than the yeah it's huge for Europe it's huge for Europe yeah. but yeah. something that you said there is that you don't uh, expect a surprise where there was a surprise Nick yeah no I'm not necessarily I'm, I'm not expecting a surprise but since we already have the preliminary figures yeah but where, yeah, yeah. where there was a surprise where there was <laughs> a surprise Friday what do you make of the uh, US CPI prints yeah so uh, they were higher than expectations uh the headline CPI was 8.6%, uh, which is the highest since December 1981. And 
we also had the core CPI, uh, which uh, actually eased compared to the prior came in at 6%, prior was 6.2%. My take is that, um, you know, we had seen uh, in the previous month uh, a moderation in inflation uh, and markets have been trying all year to go to where the peak is and they were thinking that maybe we had the peak uh, with the previous print, but I think uh, those hopes uh, are now shattered. Yeah, that's my take. <laughs> I don't know if you shared that view. So I've been I've been doing a bit of work on the core CPR number. Um, my, of course, look, nobody's going to be able to forecast with any sort of accuracy. So uh, uh, we need to say that. But just on the the work that I'm doing, I am of the opinion that we are near the apex. I think we're near the peak. Um, and yeah, that makes sense. We, we yeah, probably in the area, but I don't know if we've peaked, but I think we're pretty yeah. close to it. So, um, and I think that's yeah. that's kind of the, the best anybody can do at this stage. Uh, the fact that the core came in slightly less than prior, I think that's important, and I think it's important yes. just to, to track that because, of course, that's really the demand side of the economy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, again, uh, it definitely puts pressure on the Fed. It does. What did you make of the actual market reaction after the yeah. Um, announcement? Yeah, we saw dollar strengthening. I mean, besides perhaps the, the like initial reaction, which was seemed a little bit slow to me, uh, we saw uh, stock markets planting, bond yields um, higher. So it shows uh, what markets now now expect essentially. Yeah, one of the one of the sort of strange price movements, uh, Nick was was gold. Um, it really it, it 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 was incredibly incredibly strong on on Friday. Um, and um, you know my take on, on that is people see gold as a as a hedge against inflation. But the interesting thing for me is it's that all those gains are gone. Uh, it's all reversed. Yeah, it capitulated to the dollar strength. I think which makes sense. Yeah, we've seen it that between the two dollar wins what do you um i mean keeping on in that theme um the markets yesterday it was a it was a bloodbath out there yeah definitely because uh the, the cpi print along with some other factors um risk aversion factors um definitely uh uh, weighed on markets heavily uh, and the main thing for me is the repricing uh, that markets have around the, the rate hike bets so now uh, Nick, so I, just wanna, I just want to ask if you can just explain that clearly for our viewers Yeah. so the, there's yeah. a repricing going on and, and uh, I think that was a major catalyst for the bloodbath yesterday if you perhaps just let our sort of listeners know where is that repricing taking place yeah, so uh, CME's Fed Fund Futures uh, now see uh, 75 basis uh, points hike on Wednesday, which is the main event of this week, the Fed, um, and we'll expand on that, the Fed uh, policy decision tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, they expect 75 uh, basis points uh, for uh, this meeting. And they also now expect 75 basis points for July as well. Um, and roughly, uh, the probabilities are around 94 for um, this scenario 
uh, tomorrow and um, around 80% for, uh, uh, for July, for okay. 75. Uh, Understood. Yeah. So, so, so no. I just want, to, just want to be clear for our listeners. What Nick has said there, 94, the Fed funds futures are pricing in a probability of over 90% that we get 75 basis points. So I just want to be very clear uh, yes. for, our, for our listeners out there. Uh, sorry and to cut you off there, Nick. Uh, yeah, exactly. And prior, the, before the CPI figures last week, they were expecting 50 basis points um, uh, for, the, for this. Um, they were pricing in 50 basis points, which, of course, 50 basis points is what the Fed has said will do, right? And that's now the big question. Well, that, now that, this, is, this is now an interesting discussion because the whole, uh, the whole question is um, the, the fact that we have moved from 50 to 75 so, so quickly. I mean, the Fed effectively took 75 basis points off the table in a previous press conference. Yes. Yes, and Powell took, took it off the table, yeah. And of course, data depend on it all, but they, they specifically had said that this is not something the committee is actively considering. Absolutely. And I think he uh, reiterated that even after saying for the next two meetings, we're looking at 50. And um, all of a sudden now, um, the market is expecting not over 90% probability, a 75 basis point cut. Now, the interesting thing for me there is that the, re, the repricing in the market yesterday, the bloodbath, it was almost like um, it, it had to happen because of the, of the miscommunication there. Well, uh, 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 it, yeah. the, when I say the miscommunication, I, I'm, I'm begging your pardon, because I know at the time it, it made sense. Um, um, what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so uh, the, the question, I, I don't know if it was a mistake or not. I mean, it did make sense at the point because you, you have to think uh, if he had put it on the table, what would happen to the bond market and to uh, the stock market, perhaps. But um, uh, the question now is whether they can actually uh, break away from this well-communicated, well-telegraphed rate hike path, at least for, uh, for Wednesday, uh, and do a larger hike, or they will stick... Uh, with their plan. Now, if history tells us, recent history tells us something is that they're going to have a hard time breaking away from their, uh, and because remember when they they hiked for the first time, uh, there was some talk about 50 basis points compared to the 25 that, that they went for on the first mm -hmm. uh, hike they did this year. So, uh, and then the question is, okay, let's say um, they do either. What, what, what are the markets going to do? I mean, Will it be a surprise if they do 50 or if they do 75? Yeah. So it's all up in the air right now for me. So I want, I want to, again, stress the, these, these points that you're making for our listeners. What, what Nick's saying here is very, very important. Because the Fed has effectively promised us 50 basis points, but the market is now expecting 75 basis points, there's a gap that's created huge uncertainty. Uncertainty is risk. And, and what Nick's saying is, well, which way do they go? And how does the market react? And um, that's quite odd because, as you said earlier, the the Fed has been pretty good with its communication. And all of a sudden, as we move into this this meeting tomorrow, uh, there is this um, cloud of uncertainty, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. And of course, we, we stress how uh, every time how these decisions are these decisions are like have many parts, and, and uh, traders need to be very cautious. Uh, now it's even more because this creates 
perhaps room for potential for potential disappointment uh, because of the, it creates a tricky backdrop and, and not only that because it's not only what they're gonna do and what they're gonna say about uh, the upcoming um, meetings uh, we also have the updated staff projection uh, which is also uh, another uh, part because we'll be expecting to see mostly what they think of the future rate uh the future rate hike path and probably there's going yeah, to be an upgrade there that's the the dot plots right yeah exactly okay nick um i'd like to move on to the boe because yeah clearly clearly the the, uh, the the fed tomorrow that i think that, uh, there's a huge emphasis on on the, on that meeting but it's not the only central bank meeting what do you expect from the boe come thursday yeah, it, yeah, like if we see some economic calendars, they do give another 25 uh, hike basis points. So far, they have delivered four straight mm -hmm. uh, 55 basis points, although uh, there is some disagreement. Some on the last meeting, some wanted uh, even higher. But the problem is that in inflation is rampant. Uh, it was 9%, uh, the last print. And... Uh, the BOE uh, supposedly expected to uh, to hit to pick at around ten percent, but they also have um, a slowdown in economy. We saw yes. one contracting quarter over quarter uh, on Monday of GDP, and they expect contraction uh, towards the end of the year. So uh, they they are in a bind. They're in a very difficult situation, and we've talked before how um, uh, the last press conference seemed to be like very downbeat uh, and and uh, it's uh, the, the communication is a bit all over the place for me I mean uh, you have to read two times the, the whole thing they put out to, to sort of uh, get where they're going and where they're gonna do and although they pointed at more hikes it wasn't like it was, it was like a crystal clear communication so that, that's my take on it yeah I, I would agree um, in fact the my reading of the, you know, the, as you said, there was some um, disagreement uh, amongst the uh, the voting members. Some wanted 50. Ultimately, they went with 25. Even that even 50 seemed to be sort of a dovish 50. They kind of wanted a front load because they didn't expect to have the room to do it later in the in the cycle. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, they're, um, um, as you say, uh, in a bind with um, inflation, almost hitting that double digits. Um, we now have seen contractions, sort of construction, um, industrial production. Uh, I think even um, there was one in GDP. We saw that in, um, it, I think the job market also contracted uh, slightly, didn't it? And, yeah, um, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so th these are, this is classic stagflation almost. Yeah, they're going to have a hard time. Uh, that, that's for sure. Um, just before we move on to the next point, um, it's worth just keep, um, I think just mentioning, you know, um, this is not isolated to the BOE. I think all of these type of um, pressures, I think the ECB is very cognizant of what the BOE is dealing with. Even in the US, we've started seeing initial claims starting to tick up. So it's, it's really interesting times, isn't it, Nick? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> something Definitely. that I want to uh, ask you about now, that to me, you know, I, I, I hardly ever consider the Bank of Japan because they, it's just, you know, it, you, you know what they're going to do. But things have changed slightly. 
Um, they're defending their um, their uh, tenure of bond. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, they stepped in the market again to contain uh, bond, which of course weighs on, on the yen, uh, the, the bond yield, sorry, to, to contain the, the bond yield. They stepped in again this week. Uh, so the thing there is that they're uh, like hell-bent on their ultra monetary easing. Uh, for me, uh, it's interesting that it was a huge surprise that the, the April CPI ex, um, jumped past the 2% target. Yes. Uh, the April CPI, the, excluding fresh food, which is what they, they said, where they said their target. Um, so I was expecting that maybe they will rethink uh, or start rethinking, but uh, no, they've come out and said that they need to uh, keep uh, with um, monetary easing. So they're being essentially isolated um, on the monetary front because no, no other major bank uh, is um, sticking to their guns. Of course, we have seen some verbal intervention uh, around the, the yen's weakness. But well, well, let, let's just talk about that. I mean, yeah. the, the yen's getting absolutely hammered here. Yeah. So against the dollar, because exactly of this huge differential, it actually hit yesterday the highest level since October 1998. Uh, it was trading at 20-year uh, highs uh, for quite a while, and it hit essentially 24-year uh, highs. So definitely um, huge, huge uh, uh, depiction of that uh, differential there. Yeah, it's it's very. I mean, the 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 Bank of Japan. Um, it, it's a very odd um, stance for me. Uh, it, it's definitely w- worth keeping an eye on. Uh, it's odd because you know they're a very reputable central bank. The the only sort of other sort of unconventional monetary policy you see is kind of Turkey and the the lira just getting hammered. So it's, it's just not quite the same thing, but um, sort of unconventional, shall we say? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's unconventional times, that's for sure. <laughs> Nick, um, want to ask a question. Um, tomorrow we're going to see core, well, not we're going to see core and um, headline retail. Um, just in light of the um, recent, um, um, uh, I guess, inventory buildups in in Target and Walmart, and um, just their, um, uh, you know, um, bleak. Um, yeah. News coming from them. Um, what, are you interested in what what's coming out with the retail number? Yeah. Are you watching it? Yeah, definitely. It's gonna be. I, I don't know if, it, if it's gonna get lost uh, within all the other things, uh, but it's definitely important. As we said, the target um, uh, sort of said that they, they're trying to remove excess inventory um, and cancelling orders, and they actually, if you remember, they had taken uh, a massive hit on their uh, bottom line. Yeah. because of inflation and now they issued a warning for lower profitability they, they downgraded uh, their second quarter uh, margins uh, which like if for me if like these companies like target cannot manage inflation then who can well that's it <laughs> that's, that, you that, mean that, this that, is a powerhouse so it's going to be very interesting to see yeah. how retail in general is doing right yeah and when walmart and um, target ha- had come out uh, with their uh, last quarterly results, uh, S and P five hundred had plans to, to its worst day in more than two years. So it shows how they can also weigh on market sentiment and uh, the stock market. Um, 
there was something else I wanted to mention just from my side. We didn't mention consumer sentiment. It came out last Friday, so it's a bit late yeah. in the podcast, but I just wanted to... I mean, we are seeing the, the US consumer under um, yeah. big strain, aren't we? Um, yeah, it was a preliminary figure. You, you're following it closely, and you saw that essentially that was the, the, the lower value ever in the first... <laughs> You so, got absolutely, yeah. absolutely surprised to the downside. I think it was that we, we were expecting 58 on the series and came in at 50. Um, just um, the, 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 the general macroeconomic you know, indicators are uh, certainly uh, telling a story. Um, Nick, anything else on your, your agenda that you're looking for this week? Yeah, there are various things here and there, but some that will stand out is we already talked about Wednesday's retail sales. We'll have some data from China always important and have an impact on consumer on sorry market sentiment uh, we also have on thursday uh employment from monthly employment from australia and we also have uh gdp figures from new zealand so there are quite a few things there uh but again uh, this may sort of play second fiddle compared to the huge uh, yeah. decisions from central banks yeah so i'll just say yeah, I'll just say um, that's very interesting from Nick. Uh, uh, Aussie employment, look, the RBA uh, uses that as a, as a key metric. They were very hawkish in their last meeting, so just keep an eye on that. Uh, thanks very much, Nick. Um, if that is everything, Nick, I just want to remind our listeners to listen all the way to the end. We're going to have our regional disclaimers up next. And... Uh, Nick, I uh, believe you're away next week, so uh, we'll catch up in two weeks. Yes, exactly. All right. Regional disclaimers up next. FXCM Limited. www.fxcm.com forward slash UK. CFDs are complex instruments and come with a high risk of losing money rapidly due to leverage. 66% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. FXM Australia. You can sustain a total loss of deposits. Please refer to our PDS at www.fxm.com forward slash AU. FXM South Africa. Trading on margin carries risk. www.fxm.com forward slash ZA. FXM markets, losses can exceed deposits. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, or other information contained in this podcast is provided on an as-is basis as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice.